Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Vinyl Wrestling Play podcast with me, Barney. And me, Dapo. And today we are joined by one of my very close friends, former housemate and current English teacher, Raz. Hi, Raz. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having really me. I love that. <laughs> I didn't know if that was my cue to talk. Um, hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Thanks for coming on. Um, when I had the idea of the podcast, you were definitely someone I wanted on straight away. Um, I said to Barney in one of the episodes that we recorded that some of my closest friendships have a really strong basis in music and, and you're one of those people Aww. I think we asked so no, soppy in it uh, God, I'm such I a shouldn't. third wheel over here <laughs> I can leave the zoom if you guys want <laughs> um, but no really buzzing to have you on mate and I, I think you have such an interesting take on a lot of music and you articulate it in such a nice way as well so I'm, I'm in- anticipating a good episode so don't mess it up okay a lot of pressure <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> no pressure it's absolutely absolutely lovely to meet you Raz and I was wondering uh if you could do me and the audience a favor and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to at the moment what you're interested in okay so um I'm Raz I am currently an English teacher in West London um I did my degree at the University of Leeds that's where I met Dapo and uh I'm, yeah, currently working from home in lockdown. Remote teaching is interesting, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. Um, we're doing loads of different texts. We're doing a bit of Shakespeare, a bit of Victorian era, a bit of Charles Dickens. But I think music is kind of still running in the background. So even though, you know, I'm training as an English teacher, I've got that, like, music thing in the back of my head. Like, I still want to, like, make a choir and, like, get more music involved and like, I just think it's part like it's part of the curriculum that people don't pay enough attention to. Um, so that's something I definitely want to bring, even if it just means singing to the kids every day. <laughs> <laughs> what age kids are you teaching? So secondary school kids, yeah. So wow. um, at the moment, that's year nine, ten, eleven. So like GCSE. So that I mean that might change. I don't know, but for the time being, it's like pretty full-on with exams being cancelled and stuff mm, okay. so not the best time to uh start a teaching career no but, uh... what a time to be a newly qualified teacher <laughs> <laughs> taking it in your stride i'm sure mm. um something i'm sure your students are desperate to know uh, because they obviously listen to this podcast yeah. obviously <laughs> is what is your favorite packet of crisps what's your go-to have they not asked i assume that's what the kids have asked do you know what they haven't <laughs> they ask me stuff like do you like ketchup and mayonnaise and i'm like no those are also very important questions those are valid uh, questions is the answer no as well no to ketchup Ugh. yeah ketchup oh that's group. fine yeah i was more worried about the mayo end of things mayo, mayo I couldn't do no, without it man mayo hey ketchup is a no-no um yeah, I get asked that quite often. Do you like hot sauce? And I'm like, do I answer this question? Um, okay, favourite crisp flavour. I feel like you can tell a lot by a person by their favourite crisp flavour, can't this you? This is the thing. I it's feel the like whole reason I... we do it, yeah. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the rationale <laughs> behind it. Um, Method behind the madness. I would say that my favourite crisp flavour is probably a sweet chilli sunbite. I think that's oh, my favourite. What do you mean, oh, what? I don't think that. A sunbite? I, like, I like a sweet chilli sunbite. Yikes. Sun 
sunbites. Yeah. Christ. They're like a, they're about, like more nah. interesting than a Walker's crisp. I don't know. They're more interesting yeah. mainly because they're dead. They're interesting. No, sorry, definitely. I'm sorry. I still need to. I need to get my words in order to oh, yeah. destroy this crisp. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're like healthy crisps as a blanket thing are a terrible idea. Like, just don't have crisps, in my opinion. And then to pick them as your favorite. Yeah, probably man, my favorite. Terrible, terrible. It was. Barnes. It was a toss up between those and prawn cocktail. Really? Right. You don't like yeah. prawns? Yeah, we're anti-prawns on this. Yeah, we're anti-prawns on this what, podcast. What, what, do you not like Monster Munch like a like crazy home. person? Dapo loves Monster Munch. Do you love Monster Munch? No. Oh. <laughs> what an insult. <laughs> how, like how rude. Because you know, like, people, her on the podcast you, know you say like, people who like Monster Munch are like, a bit crazy. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I agree with that uh, as yes, like an analysis. It? People yeah, yeah. who are like, yeah, right. oh, I love pickled onion monster much. I'm like, you're nuts. <laughs> but I just offended that that's what you've thought of me after like five years. You are nuts. <laughs> I love that. All right, cool. In in terms of these sun bites, like you said sweet chili. I was mm. like, great. I opened the door wide. <laughs> I stuck my head out and I was like, I'm so excited. <laughs> And then you said sun bites. <laughs> uh, I closed that door back up. Oh, no. <laughs> like, boarded it over. Um, yeah, I'm with Dapper. I, I agree. They're like, they're kind of fun and that they're different to normal crisp. It's not just a flake of potato. Like, they have a different texture, which is nice. Exactly. But I also think it's just a bit worse than a normal crisp. I think a normal crisp yeah. carries that flavor better. Yeah. And I don't know, something about sun bites, like, a wet sun bite just gives me the egg. <laughs> exactly like, i'm not sure why it would be wet but was gonna be my question so <laughs> <laughs> not really any reason it's just what sprung to mind just thought what would happen if it got wet and it would be all mushy and uh, gross i'm yeah. not about that do you know what you know you were saying about uh monster munch being like a, a pretty crazy crisp <laughs> choice a sunbite is actually like the most teacher choice you've ever made. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's very on-brand. <laughs> it, is, it is. And it just it rings true to the whole analogy that your crisp taste tells a lot about you. Because there we go. If I didn't know you and you were like, my favourite flavour of crisp is a sweet chilli sunbite, I'd be like, you must teach English. That, that, that's, <laughs> that, that, that is the only, that's the only possible uh, reaction for an English teacher. Um, good insight bad crisp is how I'd wow. wrap up that Thanks, segment guys. I reckon <laughs> moving on to uh, why we're here and your vinyl resting place album which I'm really excited to hear about could you let us know what that album is that you've chosen and a little bit behind why you've chosen it so the album I've chosen is a bit of a rogue one uh, for me. Um, I've chosen He's Not Mine by Etta Bond. It was released in 2019 and it was part of a double release. So she dropped two albums in one or two albums in one go. Um, and He's Not Mine was the first half and then He's Mine was the second half. Um, I said it's a bit of a rogue choice because when we first sort of discussed the concept of the podcast and like what I wanted to go for um 
the my initial like gut reactions had already been taken and I was like wow what a cliche like am I really that cliche and then um one of the sorry sorry (laughs) I I don't want it but one of the choices was mine don't be it's not cliche as in like but do I really listen to all the same music that everybody else listens to wow um just let me be hipster dapper god um so then I thought about when you were talking when you mentioned you know it doesn't necessarily have to be the best album but an album that takes you back to a specific moment Mm. Um, and I think this album rings true to that so this album I think carried me through one of the most defining years of my life it and it just sort I think I don't know if I chose it I don't know if it chose me that's really cheesy Um, but it kind of just came out and was just there and was with me through like throughout that year Um, so that's why I chose that one a really lovely sentiment if you don't mind could you tell us a little bit more about the year in question and 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 the the moments that the album takes you back to yeah so she dropped it in sort of like early 2019 um, and that was my final year of university and it was really interesting because that was the year that all of the friendships and the relationships that I'd made when I was at university had kind of gone um so I just did I did my degree all the way through but pretty much 100% of my friends 99% of my friends um did like a year out did a placement went abroad um and it was sort of the first time that I was in Leeds I was on my own like really on my own like I didn't I think I used maybe my friendships and my friendship circles as like a bit of a security blanket and now I felt like really exposed I was like I'm in this city I'm completely on my own I don't really have my friends with me around me like in my house anymore um you know that's quite scary um and then it just it happened to be a year where I just like did loads of things for myself and things that I had wanted to do from like before I started university and I managed I don't know how it all happened but it all just kind of fell into place in that year. So I think I'd like wanted to do gigs. Um, so I did music and history as my degree. So, you know, I wanted to get involved in the music side of things, do gigs. I, you know, submitted my dissertation. That was like a big thing. I graduated university. I got my dream job. You know, everything sort of fell into place in that year. Um, and, you know, through hard work as well. Like it wasn't just like handed to me on a plate. <laughs> but, you know, I think... That was the year where I learned a lot about myself, um, like on my own rather than, you know, in a social. I'm quite an extroverted person. Like I, I definitely get energized by being around other people. So it was really interesting to see how, you know, I was going to achieve the things I wanted to achieve, almost like without that constant support of your friendship group. Like as in next to you, with you, cheering you on, and like yeah, you call them, and you know, like we we'd have like very long phone calls. Um, I think Dapper, you were abroad at this point, weren't you? Yeah, so we living it up in Argentina. <laughs> in Argentina, um, and I remember like quite long phone calls, being like, "This is happening," you know, "What do I do?" So the support was still there, but ultimately, you know, I was kind of in it on my own. And I think mm. this album really, every time I hear a track off it, I'm like, "Oh, it reminds me of that year." And it was a really good year. I really did enjoy myself, despite being, I say alone. I wasn't. I was alone, but I wasn't lonely. And that's, it's quite a nice reminder of that year and, and what I achieved. 
It sounds like a, a very difficult year in general to go through. I didn't have that whole experience, but I had something mm-hmm. similar where um, I moved into my house in second year with the flatmates I'd had in first year, and then they all went abroad or went into a year in industry, and um, I had like the rest of my friendship still, but it was odd having to find somewhere new to live when I just kind of assumed that we'd do the whole thing together. Like, yeah. you know, like my little gang would just stick around. Um, and to have that with like all of your friends going away must have been incredibly hard, like almost a return to first year kind of levels of difficulty. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, definitely in that first semester as well. Um, it was really strange. And I, I knew some people that were still there and like people off my course and, you know, the very few that stuck behind. Um, yeah, it was, I had to really put myself out there, really get involved with like, um, so I was part of the music society. I like got really involved with that. I started conducting a choir, um, and that I think really helped cultivate new friendships, um, especially in that last year. And you know, it was that kind of like, I know I'm going soon. I might as well make the effort again. Like, there's no harm in mm. it. Um, yeah, it was hard at first, but I guess you kind of you kind of find your groove, don't you? Yeah, get some stability in, and and I mean, like, even when you look at the the groups of friends that you made in first year like the little gangs that you mm. form or whatever they all started in the, the same way in that same feeling of, of, of being a bit alone and isolated essentially yeah. but then suddenly they become your your, your day-to-day and your your social circle mm. so rapidly so you can find that flow again and find the, the people that that do fit your life at that, that moment in time yeah. um, obviously I can't relate as much because I was one of the snakes who left yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, from our conversations like, I remember very clearly the time and watching you navigate your way through forming a new idea of Leeds like a new idea of uni a new group of friends and things like that and I, I think it's interesting that you've chosen this album because correct me if I'm wrong but it doesn't sound like it's necessarily the content of the album that was what you resonated with it's just like this was the soundtrack to the time that is exactly it yeah and I think it's quite nice to to listen to something that is ultimately completely unrelated like it's a very much like a relationship like heartbreak sort of album Mm. but it, it really takes you to a place of for want of a less cheesy phrase finding yourself and 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 self-discovery and and i yeah think that there is undertones of that in the album definitely but that, that's not necessarily what it's about and it's uh highlight the desired effect of the artist or the desired effect of the album isn't necessarily the way it will resonate with each individual listener it's nice to hear that it's, it takes you back to something where you're 100%. happy and obviously it was hard but ultimately rewarding i appreciate you sharing <laughs> that with us it was a, a, it's a nice story and uh, like to see the way that a different album or a particular album has had an effect on you and yeah. it, it's so different for everyone um which is so nice because we haven't had someone come on and to, to talk about an album have an effect on them mm. not really to do with the music or the lyrics or the like the general theme of it which is which is nice and it gives us a bit of variety changes things up keeps us keeps us on our toes <laughs> <laughs> sweet chili sun bites <laughs> i absolutely love it i think it's such a nice way to have a relationship with music 
like Depo is saying, a lot of people come in and they say, I heard this one line and it meant so much to me because I was in love with a girl just like that at the time or whatever. <laughs> um, but I know exactly what you mean. Like there are lines of songs I'll listen to and in my mind I'm immediately taken back to a specific street in Leeds or a corner where I heard that for the first yeah. time. And it creates a really nice intimate personal relationship with the artist and almost kind of an in-joke that you share with them that's just between you and them yeah with them and yeah. only them and that album know what you've been through together um rather than then relating to you on a uh, lyrical level it's just a completely different way to approach the question i agree with depo it's a really nice to hear someone go about it that way and it's so interesting you've said about that like in joke um so i actually went to see etta in Leeds. Wow, that's the incredible. The year that she released the album. Um, she did this really lovely, small, intimate set at Hedrow House. Um, and it was gorgeous. It was like 40 people tops. Like wow, it was really, that's really tiny. Small. That's incredible. Um, and she had a full band. And I was like, I was right at the front. I was like, no tall people. I'm at, so I'm really, really short. And there's an ongoing joke that every time I go to a gig, someone really tall stands in front of me and I can't <laughs> see. So I was right at the front. I got there early. Um, and it was just incredible. She completely blew me away. And then after the gig, because it was such a small gig, she actually sort of went round to meet everybody. Um, and, you know, I said, I said that was the year that I got to do a lot of things. I got to write a lot of my own music. And I think the release of this album kind of kick-started that off for me because I'd been in a bit of a dry spell um, and I hadn't written anything for a while. And I think I heard a couple of the songs, just like you said, like the music, not necessarily the content or the lyrics. Um, and it just sort of like switched a light bulb on in my head. And I was like, right, OK, you know, my 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 sort of the way I was thinking about sounds was slightly different and how I could put them together. Mm. And, um, you know, I very cheesily told her when I met her, I was like, you know, this album's been amazing. It's helped me write again. And she was like, that's incredible. And she was like, you know, do you like want anything? Like, do you want any advice? And I was like, yes, please, like anything you have. And it's so interesting. She asked me, she was like, do you keep a diary? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've kept a diary since I was a child um not necessarily like every day but she she was like all of your music content everything all in there and I was like that if that's a piece of advice to take away from an artist wow, I think that's a great piece of advice like what she she was like you've got the answers it's inside you all like, along that's crazy <laughs> 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 but it's nice that you know you were saying about the this sort of in thing between you and the artist and when I met her it did really feel like that mm, you really you you really physically had that that's incredible yeah. I really had that <laughs> I think that's such a, I remember like I felt so inspired the first time you told me this story because I think it was on one of our hench phone calls uh, when I was away um, and I think it's so nice to be able to have that experience with someone who's created something that means so much to you um because I, I it's such a, a rare chance and opportunity that you get to actually talk to an artist like that and and have them be so kind of frank and upfront about their process and, and what things what things they've taken and even if you're not like musically inclined like you are it can really inspire you to push yourself and, and do yeah. things and 
wraps up so nicely with your reasoning behind this album of being able to start things for yourself and, and do more things that you you wanted because she's essentially given you that advice and you've you've had that like personal interaction with her um yeah. and I, I, it's such a nice anecdote the only thing that i would say i have against it is i just can't go to gigs by myself i just i <laughs> I, 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 I think uh barley i don't know what your thoughts on this me and raz have had this conversation countless yeah. times like i would never be able to go to a concert and just kind of stand there by myself i feel i feel like i i'd need someone to experience it with mm. um I'm going to come down kind of in the middle. Like, I've never been to a gig on my own, but I'm a big advocate for going to the cinema on your own, which I know, like, loads of people are against. They say, like, oh, who do you talk to? And I'm like, no one. I shut the fuck up and I listen to the film. Um, Watching a film? Yeah, I want to be one of those guys. Um, So, but while I've never done it, like, I could see that. Like, if there was... I would always ask my friends, like, do you want to come and see this person? But if they're busy or they have no interest, then, yeah, I would go. I would would rather enjoy that experience on my wands then not enjoy it at all you know yeah mm. yeah i hear that and uh yeah so fuck you depo actually You're i think wrong, i yeah. <laughs> 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 you snake honestly <laughs> we'll take that pleasant segue <laughs> into what is your favorite song on this album Raz um so my favorite song on the album is uh towards the end it's called love myself um and funnily enough at the gig that she did she talked about how you know she was going through quite a dark time and she she went to therapy and she you know she was very open about it um you know went to therapy and talked about you know the things that were holding her back from you know being happy and flourishing and you know she said that the crux of the meaning or the 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 main message that she was getting from the therapist was just like you need to love yourself a bit more um and I thought that was really interesting so I think musically as a song um I love the way the sounds kind of blend together it's quite gentle it's quite heartfelt it's quite personal um, I actually sang this song at the very first gig I ever did at Leeds. And that was like a big thing for me because, you know, I think it was just a reminder that whatever you mm. do, and, you know, lyrically, I think I can relate to this as well. Um, you just got to back yourself sometimes. Scary things are going to come up in life or big decisions are going to come up, especially like now. Like I'm, I'm in my early 20s and we're looking at like careers and, you know, different avenues that you want to explore and opportunities that you want to take or you know exciting things that you want to do and you know I think that idea of backing yourself is really strong in knowing what you will enjoy or knowing where you will excel or what you will be best in um so I think that song really does resonate with me and it was the first I think that was the song when I was I listened to to the album all the way through um and I was like yep this is lovely this is lovely and then I got to that song and I was like this is the one I can't get over your your personal connection with her as an artist. I just, everything, every time you kind of make another caveat, I'm like, this is so nice. Like it's so wholesome the way that it's resonated with you, and you can pinpoint it back to so many different moments in your in your life and in your uni career and your like progression over that time. It is it is lovely. I'm so glad you chose it. Um, so Barnes, uh, 
from a first listen, what would be your favourite track on the album? Uh, I really enjoyed this album. Um, as I seem to really enjoy all the albums that we listen to on the Vinyl Wrestling Place podcast, I think the guests we have just seem to have really good taste in my opinion. Um, having only recently discovered Koji Radical, I immediately gravitated towards One Way Down, uh, the fifth song yeah. on the album, and really enjoyed that. But um, my personal favourite ended up being Let Me Hit It, which is the second Ooh. song. Yeah, And looking at like the Spotify list now, apparently that's the most listened to track on the album in general. Uh, so I'm the normie of the group so far. <laughs> but I just thought it was just a really nice song. It's hard to even pin down a specific reason. I just found it really enjoyable. It's like a fun listen, but also with a good message. I really liked it. I thought it was a great song. So yeah, I'm going to have to give it to Let Me Hit It as my number one. But um, yeah, as always, a shout out to Koji Radical on number five there. Oh yeah. Um, Yes, it's really interesting that you said that your favourite track, or one of your favourite tracks off the album was One Way Down. Um, I actually first heard of Etabond properly when I went to a Koji Radical gig. Um, Again, on my own. Snake. Uh, but you were in Argentina. What was I supposed to do? Utter Get your snake. flight back. <laughs> I was. I've never been more angry at a friend. In, like genuinely, I was so hurt. But it's fine. Um, and we just we that was like a few months after we'd met him, because um, I was with Dapo when we went to World Island, and that's where we met Koji Radical. <sighs> what a day! What a day! That's amazing. Um, wow. So I I first heard of her then, and she was just there with a DJ, um, and it, I think that's from then. I was interested in her and then she dropped these albums. So it's really interesting that that's your fave. For me, I never actually listened to the album all the way through um, before, uh, but now I have. I'm, I'm very glad I, I did. And I also didn't have to listen to He's Mine all the way through because I was, I, was, I was pretty drawn in by this point. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was completely sold on, on One Way Down. Um, obviously, like being such a mad koji fan i have this thing about him right um we were talking about on a couple of episodes ago about how d'angelo makes every song better because we were talking oh, about lauren hill D'Angelo. yeah oh my gosh <laughs> i we love him to bits <laughs> i i think koji radical is is the king of features like, i don't think he's ever like every song he's ever ever touched he makes it better like I don't, uh, it's 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 just mental, um, and I, I feel like as much as a lot of the songs on the album are very very good, I was just I was just swung by Koji's verse, and um, one thing that I I thought was quite nice, and and I don't know whether it was intentional or whatever, but the album seems to kind of peak in the middle, like in terms of like tempo and 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 energy. Like it's 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 so upbeat, and I was like, fucking pumped, and I was like, yeah, I love this, <laughs> and then it brings you back down quite nicely. So like, it it builds up like to that song for me, um, in terms of tempo and in terms of quality, and then eases back down, which I thought was really nice. Um, so yeah, one way down is, is definitely my uh, my pick. through my ramblings and my waffle 
I probably segued into a little bit talking about the uh, <laughs> um, quality of the album and whether we actually think it is like a good piece of work and a good body of work so being our guest obviously I'll, I'll swing it to you Raz and, and get your thoughts on that um so this is a really interesting question um and I think it's because like I studied music as well so I've kind of studied like the theory and the craft behind it um and I often find that when I talk about music from a musical perspective I sound I like sound a bit like a dickhead <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm to sound um, like a dickhead. Um, so I I love like live instruments, um, just generally on on music and, and recordings and stuff. I think it just brings something different to recorded sounds or like pre-recorded sounds, which I'm aware were played on real instruments, but you know it's not the same. Um, mm-hmm. So in terms of that. Again, I think that's why I said it was a bit of a rogue one, um, because so many of the sounds that she's blended together or, you know, she and a producer have blended together aren't necessarily, you know, it, it recorded in an acoustic room. Um, however, I do think it was quite refreshing, um, you know, thinking about it, with all, you know, sort of thinking about music from a, like, breaking it down to the craft level. Um at the end of the day, it's just a really lovely blend of sounds. And that's what, like, good music is. Like, that's what makes people listen. That's what makes people remember it, like, if it sounds nice. Like, it doesn't matter if it's got, you know, polyrhythms and, you know, you know, an irregular time signature and all this stuff that, you know, the, all the music geeks are like, whoa. Um, you know, if it sounds nice, people are going to like it. <laughs> whoa. That's that um, you know, whoa. But if it sounds nice, people are going to like it. Um, and I just I loved the fact that there was just this this kind of gentle, you know, pulsing beat under everything, and it's just her like crystal clear voice, just sort of like fluttering over the top. It's the only way I can describe it. It's just like two butterflies, like the music underneath, and then her voice over the top, and it just blends and complements each other so well. Um, and you know, it's it's really interesting. You know, I when I did my recitals in my first year of university, my my tutor, who is no longer a tutor at the university anymore, um, she said I was boring, and she said it feels like you're kind of just floating over the top of the music, and I was like, hmm, okay, but I think that comment obviously like crippled me for life. No, I'm joking, <laughs> um, but that comment <laughs> stuck with me. Like you didn't forget stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. interesting so when I heard this album, I kind of got the same vibe. Like there's the music underneath, and she's. She makes you listen when she sings. It's not like she's just coasting. Um, but it's, I just, that image of like the two butterflies, I'm like, I wonder if that's what she saw and didn't like. Actually, that's something that I really love. And that's why my singing style is that way. And that's why I like this album so much. I know you say uh, sometimes you, coming from a musical background, it it's not the best when you talk about music, but I love it like hearing someone who knows what they're talking about really break down a song or break down an album and 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 give their honest opinions and I don't know maybe you do sound like a dickhead but it's like it's enjoyable to listen and it's enlightening as well like it gives you a different aspect to look at and the the kind of element of that butterfly bouncing on 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 each track I hear that Mm. very much and I think I kind of look at it from a different perspective, if yeah. I'm being honest. 
like I'm such a sucker for female vocalists at the moment. Like it's just I just feel like there is there's something about the female vocalists, especially coming out of the UK, where they they are just killing yeah. every track that they they put out and a lot of it comes from either unbelievable harmonies or or really pushing their range or or just showing off like vocal acrobatics and their talents um and i feel like because i know from other songs that she's released and, and just like general listening to youtube videos and things like that i know that etta bond has pipes like she can she can really sing i i didn't get mm. that from this album like not that i didn't think it was good but i thought it was very safe maybe and i i it, i wish there was a, like one point where i was just kind of sat there and blown away i think that was one of my my big takeaways from this album like such mm. a pleasant listen and so lovely to just like sit back and enjoy but there was never a point where i was like wow even though i know she could do that I think it's a good album, for sure. Like, I'm very happy to use the word good. I hadn't listened to Etta Bond before. She's one of the ridiculous number of artists who I've heard of and have been told is great and just hadn't got around to exploring. Um, I kind of agree with Depo in a way. I like, I love what you were saying. I love the yeah. metaphor of the two butterflies in tandem. And I agree, she really knows her sound. She really knows her own music and is willing and able to bend the instruments to perfectly match her sound. I think that's fantastic. But I do feel like she didn't really ever mm. push it. I would have loved to hear her like really go for some massive notes. And she did get there's some big ones that she hits, but there was no song on the album where I thought like this is the big one. And normally there is maybe that kind of speaks to her more um overall average quality rather than having one stand out one. It's just a overall very great album. But it would have been nice to see like what she was really capable mm. of, especially seeing as I have been told so often that you know, she's one of the best vocalists out right now. Like, it's so worth listening to her. Um, so saying that, yeah, I will say I think this is a good album. I totally understand why it's your vinyl resting place album. I love your reasons behind it. And I will very eagerly listen to the second of this couple of sister albums. I look forward to exploring that a bit. Um, and maybe seeing if she ticks yeah. some boxes that I don't think she ticked in this album, in that one. Interesting. Yeah. And I would say um, one thing where, where it maybe falls down in terms of kind of the musicality of it, content-wise, she's absolutely nailed oh, it. Like, when like, oh, sure. actually listening to the lyrics and like just the, the thought process of the, the sister albums and the two of them together, it's so vulnerable and so relatable. And I was like taken with the lyrics more than I was taking with the music which rarely happens I think I'm a lot more of a kind of audio learner mm. for want of a better word like if something resonates with me if the sound resonates with me I can let lyrics slide a lot of the time whereas the lyrics are on this whole album are great like there's I think there's something to be said especially now for um captionable lyrics like little lyrics that will stick with you and you remember them and, and they just re like rattle around in your brain and I feel like this album is just full of them like from the Koji Radical song obviously this isn't her bar but like she he was like I don't want to fall in like too quickly and I was like ah oh, this like it's so small and such a, a slight change from what is a normal phrase but I think it explains that whole kind of situationship 
idea that the song was trying to go for in in one way down and and about like falling into a idea of someone and not actually being in love but just knowing you like spending their time and all these things that came out in the song was encapsulated in one sentence and i think every song bar maybe one has a point where you can almost describe what the song's about in like two lines which i think is is so so special in terms of songwriting um but i don't know what your guys thoughts are are on the lyrics and, and the content of the music it's interesting the way that she's used the lyrics about vulnerability i think that was something that i was dealing with in a different way so it wasn't necessarily to do with a relationship it was just actually you know the relationships that meant the most to me in that really defining year were my friendships you know and I've taken that from that year and that's how I kind of have carried on like I'm bored of talking about like romantic love like everybody talks about it all the songs are about it all the films are about it all the books are about it how many books are there about best friends and like the the intricacies of a friendship and stuff like that so it's really interesting how different people will interpret her lyrics um what I really liked, though, and it's really interesting that you both said that there were there were no points where she really showed off her range. And I think the beauty of that is just she stripped everything back and you don't necessarily have to sing the biggest notes or the loudest notes or be the loudest person in the room to like have an impact. Because, you know, clearly she's had some sort of impact. And, you know, um, so I think it's... I like the whole... That, that fluttering kind of constant it's like a heartbeat it's just like constantly there in the background you know it's there and it's not like you know it's easy to overlook you're listening she's making you listen um and i think some of some of the little tiny really subtle like ornaments and little you know runs that she does are just gorgeous she's got such a gorgeous voice um but yeah i think the idea of like vulnerability like it's okay to be vulnerable um it's okay to make mistakes if that's a mistake that's going to help you learn something that's something I learned in that year Um, and even though she's talking about it in the context of a relationship I was like you know what you know I've planned to do this thing it's not gone the way I want and I've got Etta Bond in the back being like love yourself hun and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) um so it was nice it's just I think lyrically she's brilliant um and it's it's interesting that she was like use use a diary or or your Mm. All yeah, your best stuff is in a diary, isn't it? Yeah. After hearing you talk about it more and kind of explain your rebuttal to what Dapo and I have said, <laughs> I am handsomely convinced, <laughs> to be fair. Like, yeah. You're totally right. It's not an album that tonally needs to have a big, you know, huge number because mm. it isn't that kind of vibe. And um, that absolutely makes perfect sense, uh, forming your art around the emotional intention that you're trying to imbue it with. Yeah means that this isn't that kind of album in the first place which you know I really appreciate I mean purely because I've been editing podcasts and I just finished editing the one uh, where we talked about Lauren Hill oh Lauren Hill <laughs> uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to Lauren Hill if you've listened to Dapo and I already you know that we recommend her very highly but um yeah I've just come from listening to someone who really shoots for the top mm. every song and kind of going from that to this where it isn't in any way worse I would say it's, it's just, just different, different. yeah um, I wasn't ready for that difference, but I think you know, after we finish recording, I will go and listen to it again because maybe I just need to take a look at it with a kind of different pair of eyes. If that makes sense. I think it's a really good point you make 
about just it because it's not one thing doesn't mean it's bad um across music i think we're we're always spending a lot of time highlighting the the dramatics and the huge high notes and the the riffs and like i was watching the voice a couple of days ago and i was like all these guys are unbelievable singers whatever but everyone seems to be gunning for it like going time, 100% yeah. all the time and you mm. you can mm. take it down a notch and still be of that quality and uh looking at it from a different point of eyes i think is exactly the way you should be done look at something like it's different and 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 don't try and compare it to what's out there or what you've heard before um i i think if we all looked at music like that we'd probably have a different take on on a lot of a lot of songs and a lot of albums out there um because we're so used to what we know and what we think is is the pinnacle but there's different ways around these things i wonder if that's why i go through like my albums my playlists on you know in my music library um and there's such a range there's just such a massive range and i know it's very you know i guess cliche to be like you know i have a very you know i'll I'll listen to a bit of everything i've got a very eclectic taste like every like you ask anyone oh what you know what music do you like a bit of everything um but i think if you (laughs) i do think that if you approach music with those like like a clean slate fresh eyes you know different types of music can just speak different things to you you know and sometimes it will be like the big guns going at 100 hitting the high notes and that's the thing that really gets you and then you know I, I did a lot of jazz study when I was at university but some of the like really like chilled 12 bar blues they're just gently riffing over the top like it just it just it's different and it, it yeah. says something different mm. to you and it doesn't mean I don't like it. Mm. I love that. <laughs> Looking at uh, things that are different and and still amazing in quality, what albums could have been your vinyl resting place? Do you have any recommendations? I know that this was a a pretty difficult ask for you and you've been racking your brains for the past two weeks trying to narrow it down. Raz came to me um, before (laughs) when I first sent her the questions. And she was like, all right, Dapper, oh, yeah. I've narrowed it down to six. That's not narrowing like, down. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you want me to do with these six albums? Just one But I'd love to, to give you an opportunity to shout out a couple of the ones that didn't make Pretty the cut much. or could have made the cut. Um, so a couple of them you've mentioned. Um, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Definitely. Um, I think she, she talks about some pretty important things. Um, I think it was her that, that said the quote. Oh, I can't remember how the quote goes. It's like, um, say what you need to say while you still have the mic. And I'm like, mm. wow, that's powerful. And, you know, being a teacher as well, like, I've got so much influence over young, like the young generation. Like, I need to tell them, like, be a good person. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> be you know be kind to other people and you know those kind of life lessons like yes read lots of books past mm. english but you know like be a good citizen don't betray your friends like things like that and you know her message was obviously very different um but it's that same notion of like say what you want to say while you've still got the mic i love that um so that was one of them that didn't make the cut um one of them was the divine feminine lovely album 
by Mac Miller. (laughs) I was gutted that I couldn't choose this one. And do you know what's really lovely? Do you know who actually introduced me to this album? It was me. Yeah, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like in, it was like first year uni. I remember it so well. It was like first year uni. We were sat in your kitchen and you were like, Raz, listen to this song. And I was like, okay. And it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that album has got me through uni. It's got me through work. And I'm like, oh, I could listen to it all day, every day. Frank by Amy Winehouse. That's just, that album is just, it's brilliant. It surprises me that you've said Amy Winehouse and not gone for Back to Black. I don't know about that. Really? Yeah, 100%. I think Frank is better than Back to Black. Yeah. Wow, that's a bold claim. I think it's better. I think it's better. I enjoyed it more. Whether it's better objectively, I don't know, but I yeah, enjoyed no, it more. It's, yeah, very subjective, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. I enjoyed it more. I think it's more raw. I think it's more honest. I think it's... I like that it's quite immature. Like She was very young when she wrote that album. Oh, God, yeah. Um, so I wonder if that's why I like it, being being the age that I am. Raz, we, we've spoken about your uh, really cool and interesting and actually great music taste. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not. I can't. I love your music taste. Like, we, I'm impressed. Sure. Oh, yeah. We are on a similar page, but um, we're not all about the cool stuff here, and we're not all about uh, some neo soul. We want to hear about your guilty pleasure. Or guilty pleasures if you've got multiple, because apparently you come through with like ten albums every time we ask you for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, these are really embarrassing. I'm gonna lose all the street cred I have. <laughs> I have so much street cred. Um, I like Madonna. I love Madonna. I'm actually not that guilty about that. Yeah, Madonna is a classic. She's, I really like Madonna. She's one of the the pop goats, I'd say. You know, she's really up there. I really like her. I like her. I think she's fabulous. Um, so a lot of Madonna. Hung Up, probably my favourite Madonna song. Oh, see, um, no. I, nah, really? nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah, funny. I love that. <laughs> I reckon if you're saying Madonna, anything remotely modern is, 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 is not acceptable, in my opinion. What does that so mean? like, wait, when did this? When did Hung Up come out? Like twenty, twenty twelve, something like that. Tw- two thousand five, right? Cool. Two thousand five, this came out. Um, no, anything she made in the two thousand is is not good. <laughs> That's just not no. true. I, that, how can I'm you throw true. Madonna under the bus like that? She's no. given us banger after banger, man. What would you campaign is the best Madonna one then? Oh mate, uh, what did she do? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna bait myself out here now. Um, did she do um, Material Girl? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like her biggest that's a, song. It's a great yeah. song. Either Material Girl or um, Like a Prayer. Those bangers. Oh, you like older Madonna? Because that's when Madonna was good. Oh, now, Madonna see, never like stopped being like good. Right. I, I when she made that track she's... with um, Justin Timberlake, she stopped being good. That's a good song, Daco. <laughs> That's not. Yes, it is. Nah. Oh, four minutes. No. Hung, hung up minutes, is my no. favourite, for sure. 
I just the way that those the uh, the intro oh chef's kiss brilliant. yeah that's pretty beautiful to be fair I, I do know what you're saying with Material Girl Material Girl bangs um but I, I think I would rather listen to Hung Up nah mate yeah, just more about it nah yeah the thing is I'm not I, I'm not a Madonna connoisseur but like old school before new school I feel like she should have just re- retired on her piles of money before she was making some that's of this new stuff well, that's so controversial you know what <laughs> goodness Raz? me I'm dissatisfied that wasn't guilty enough for me that's just a good okay. old song there I need, I, need <laughs> I need something dirtier I need something that you really want to do. oh Barney goodness um <laughs> I, <laughs> this is embarrassing, Justin Bieber's Purpose album. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> right. Um, now we're talking, this is now Barney's, that's this guilt. Up Barney Street. I <laughs> secretly, well, not a secret anymore, um, I secretly really liked it. I don't know why. I think, I don't, know, I don't even know how old I was. 16, 17 maybe? And when he really, it was like a bunch of songs. 2015, yeah. Yeah, it was like a bunch of songs. It was like, Sorry, mm. it was Where Are You Now. Um, Featuring oh, Skrillex? I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big tune, mate. Uh, like, this is what original, I'm saying. Original Justin Bieber, like, not for me, sorry. But when that album came out, I was like, oh, Justin Bieber. Um, that's really embarrassing. I can't believe I've just told you that. Justin Bieber is, in my mind, like the only living proof of reincarnation. Like <laughs> the man <laughs> was like the the king of like prepubescent girl pop. Like you know, we got Baby, all these ones like that, and then went off the map, went crazy, bought a monkey for like five years, came back in with purpose. And like you're saying, like sorry. Um, purpose it's itself good, right? where are you now like love yourself love yourself like oh yeah i wouldn't See? say it's like the most musically incredible album of all time I, no. I don't think anyone ever would but it was undeniably like some club classics are in there you know you go on a night out back in the good old days of 2015 whenever this came out yeah 2015 these would be on these would be on at the club and i rate justin for that you know what he came back with a completely different image he was growing up he was putting out these tunes. I rate it. I think it's a good album. But I do also accept it as a guilty pleasure because it's Justin Bieber. I'm not that guilty about the music I listen to, I'll be really honest. Um, I love right. it, yeah. I'd say that, yeah. that one's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Raz, I think I can speak for myself and Barney um, when I say you're a really, really good guest. Oh, thank you. Thank Thanks you for, for coming me. on. Um, it's been great to chat to you, uh, I think. Like, really glad to speak to you. Yeah, thank you so much. You. you are a wonderful guest. We really appreciate it. Um, oh, thanks for having me. I've had a great time. We love yeah. to hear it. And to uh, <laughs> all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Vinyl Resting Place. We'll be back next week with a fresh episode. Stick around. Barnes. Oh. From a, a first listen, what, what would be your your favourite track on the song? Track on the song? Track of the app? Um, Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Track on the song. Uh. (laughs) Track on the song.